Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at pigskinpodnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. Dennis is here with me. We are going to recap the Thursday night football game between the Titans and the Packers, and then we are going to preview the rest of the NFL Week 11 slate. Dennis, what's going on? You know, actually, I'm I'm kind of stoked today. That that was a great meeting. I thought we had with BSN. You know, it was. It was very interesting. With the Canton and Dynasty yeah. nerds over there, you know, two of our other teams that we we work with. Yep. Uh, I think BS Better Sports Network's got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe. People need to download that app. Hit that one button yeah. call and talk in. Yeah, it's it's something like that for this show. It's uh, it's it's been a lot of fun being a part of that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Dennis is a big part of the Dynasty Nerds. I always forget what time it is. I jump in at the first part, but then you guys stay up way later than I do because of my job. So, like, I typically try to jump in for like a little bit. Usually, like till till about halftime, I'll chat a little bit in the chat uh with Garrett and you guys. What what time do you guys go live? Like what and up to? Thursday nights from 10 to midnight. Sometimes it shuts a little earlier, depending on how the games go and, and what's going on. But 10 to midnight's our, our slot on Thursday nights. I'm on every other Thursday in the 11 o'clock hour with uh, Garrett, uh, better known as Dynasty Price, on the yeah. uh, the uh, wavering Twitter machine over there and yeah. one of the big three over at Dynasty Nerds. It's pretty cool. You know, we were talking – we went through uh, – 
the Dynasty Nerds team put out a mock draft about a week ago, and uh, we went through the Superflex version of it last night, talking through draft picks. You know where where did I think uh, a reach occurred? You know, one guy I'm that went early second round was like uh, Marvin Mims. I'm just yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not buying him. Uh, Will Levis and Hendon Hooker both went in the first round. It's super flex, but you know, it seems like to me it's, you know, get one of the top two or yeah. go position player and, you know, let somebody else draft one of those quarterbacks because they feel the the value is just so good where they fell. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're seeing what's what happened with the, the class this year. So it was, it's really cool. I, you know, I love, we got a lot of people calling in, lots of people listening. Uh, they do lots of memorabilia giveaways, yeah. you know, and I know you guys are killing it on Saturday mornings with the college football show over at campus to Canton on BSN. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's amazing to, to have the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're from eight to 10 AM Eastern. Um, and it is, it's, it's, I won't lie. It's a little rough getting up as early as we have to get up in the mornings. We got to get our audio tested and get set up with the producer and all that stuff. Uh, not, you know, I was hoping on the weekends I would not have to wake up as early as that just due to the fact that I wake up as, as you guys know, the audience here knows I get up at about three o'clock every morning for work, man, getting up at six o'clock on the Saturdays. Man, like well, for you. It, it is a little bit, except for like, I typically am up till midnight making graphics for our YouTube show. So it kind of like gets to a point where like, I'm not getting a ton of, and then I have to spend all day watching college football, which sounds horrible. It's a lot of fun, but it gets to the point, you know, some of those games can get a little bit. Uh, kind of like these Thursday night games have, and you're like, oh, can I just, you know, sneak in a quick 30-minute nap that turns into like an hour nap, and you've missed a lot of college football. So, yeah, it's a it's a whole thing, but it is definitely a lot of fun. And, yeah, Dennis is right. Da- it's a free app. Download it. You hit the fun button. It's really easy to call. You literally can call in straight from the app and talk to, to Dennis and, and Garrett on Thursday nights if you want to join us Saturday mornings. And Rick there's Camor, all- Lisa Ann, Adam yeah. Rummer, Justin Benjamin, Ray Flowers, yeah. Kyle Elfrank. The uh, the dudes from uh, Front Yard Fantasy. Yeah, every morning Front Yard Fantasy. Yeah, Lunch Money, Kylo, Frank, and Ray Barton. Flowers. Yeah, every day too. Yeah, I, I get to do a spot with them every Fridays, which I love doing talking college football. So it's it's a great the the lineup they have. How you know at least for for us we look at is how the hell we were able to sneak into this. I have no idea. Uh, but you know we're we're appreciative of the um the the chance to do something here and as dennis mentioned it was a lot of fun today talking about that and and just getting to hear the direction of where that company's going uh a a place that's kind of going in the opposite direction unfortunately of where we're going with bsn is the green bay packers who lost to the tennessee titans 27 to 17 i mean what do the packers need to do to save their season dennis man sometimes you just gotta let that third circle in the bowl go down i tell you they just aren't just aren't coming together. It's I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, I feel like it's a team that you know they needed to invest sooner in positions that I mean, the offensive line has had problems. They got two really good running backs. But I'll be honest, A.J. Dillon is probably one of my biggest misses this year. I thought just, just out of sheer need, he would be used more. 
I thought I thought the poss- there was a possibility that Aaron Jones might catch 90 passes this year because they just didn't have squat in the passing game, and, and he's a dynamic pass catcher and player in space. But they're just not coming around. They've had just – I mean, they're not even really in sync yet. Christian Watson seems to have started to come around, but I don't think he's somebody you can build your offense around just yet. Um, he's going to need another year. I don't know how much more Rodgers has left in the tank. Uh, we, we're seeing a lot of veterans have really long struggles this year. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, uh, Rodgers. They're, they're just – you know, the league is it's a rough it's a rough sport and you gotta have a lot of things go right. It is the ultimate team sport, and so you need a lot of things to go right. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be there for them this year. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's. It, I think it's fair to say it's not, especially with how good Minnesota's been playing. I mean, they, they've practically locked that division up. They've almost locked themselves in, I believe, to at least a top-two seed with how the rest of the NFC has just kind of fallen back to a lot of teams in the middle of this pack and only a couple teams sitting up top. But, yeah, I'm with you. I wonder if maybe Christian Watson – I mean, he's been playing really good the past couple of weeks. Maybe if he came on a little bit earlier in the season – They'd have been able to put something together, but it just it looks like a lost season. And at this point, I think all the narrative is going to shift to does Aaron Rodgers retire after this season? There's obviously a lot of talks that Tom Brady will. Like uh, these are two guys coming into the year, a lot of people thought were going to be very good, and they've both been you know extremely disappointing this season. The Titans have not been disappointing, much to my chagrin. I picked against them this year. I picked them to finish last in the AFC South. Well, lo and behold, they're just continuing to win. But, Dennis, are the Titans real contenders in the NFC or the AFC? I'm sorry. Man, I don't feel like it, but they just keep stacking wins. It's you, you remember in what was it, 2001, when the Ohio State Buckeyes just kept eking out wins on the way to the national championship game. That kind of seems like what the Titans are doing. It's not pretty. You know, they they rely on an antiquated game plan, frequently rushing a guy 28 times a game. Uh, now, there's only one guy in the league that you can do that with, and they happen to have him. Uh, but Traylon Burks looked fantastic yesterday. Uh it, it was a weird game for him, I thought. He came out, one pass for 42 yards, 43 yards, looked great. And then he caught his next five passes for a grand total of like 17 yards. Um, and then he had another big one, too. He, he, was, he put up a, a good game yesterday. Uh, they have some stuff going on. I think, you know, they need to stay healthy. And, and they're okay winning ugly. That's, that's their battle plan. They're going for it that way, and I, they've got as good a shot as any once they get in. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. We've seen this before. These teams get into the playoffs, and they're able to make something happen. I personally do not see the Titans up there with like the upper echelon teams of, of the AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs. But you never know. I mean, we didn't think they were going to be good enough to beat the Patriots a couple years ago. What did they? They won their wild card game. I believe they made it all the way to the to the AFC Championship, and they ended up losing. I mean, you never know. Ryan Tannehill, as much crap as he gets, I feels like at least a very consistent option. We, we've talked about that. Was why none of us really thought Malik Willis was going to play much. 
uh, is just because while Ryan Tannehill may not be like an upper echelon quarterback, like they know what they have with him and he's good enough to win games and they believe in that defense, which is where I thought they were going to take a massive step back. But man, Vrabel just seems to get this defense to play well every single year. It's, it's, I guess you got to give credit to him because I'm pretty sure if we were to go back through the archives of this podcast earlier this year, I might have called for Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill to be gone from Tennessee this year. It that doesn't look happen. like that. That doesn't yeah. look like that's happened. Maybe Tannehill is gone. Is right now, their offensive line is holding up well. And if their defense can keep the game close, uh, the weapons they have are good enough with Henry, Hooper, Westbrook, Akini, Woods, and, and uh, Burks. They're good enough. They're not good enough to come back from 17 points down, but they're good enough yeah. to come back from nine because then, then you can do it running. So it, if they get way behind, I think it's a different story, but we'll see. You know, they're squeaking them out. Yeah. Quick question for you. Yeah, what you got? Uh, rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twelve team PPR tight end premium super flex. I'm trying to get rid of Derrick Henry. Okay, I, I'm rebuilding, and I'm I'm five hundred. I'm I'm it's two get you play two games a week. I'm ten and ten in this league. I'm and I'm trying not to win. And so I was offered J.K. Dobbins. And Irv Smith Jr. I feel like you could get more. I, I feel like I, I'm good with the Dobbins part of it, but I think I want to upgrade the Irv piece. That that's kind of where I, I'm sitting. So I'll, I'll take a look at it after that. That was sort of me. I I like Dobbins a lot, and and honestly, I don't. I, I feel like he's going to be fine next year, coming back from the injury. Uh, that takes time. But Henry's not getting younger. He he keeps, you know, he's going to keep getting older and racking up these carries. And as as good as he is, it's gonna it's gonna add up sooner or later. Yeah. And I, I want to, you know, I don't know. Would you do Dobbins in a second? Man, I still feel like you should probably be able to get a first just because of how productive he's been. And we we've been saying Derrick Henry is going to fall off for like the past three years, and he's still doing it. Like I. I probably would if you're just trying to get out of the the Henry, you know, like having him on your roster, the roster ship there, because I do think there's going to be a decent amount of running backs that I think could have maybe not starting jobs, but be in a good committee and be good enough to put up points for you this year. Like this is going to be a deep running back class. So if you really just kind of want to rebuild that position on the fly and you don't think you could get a first, I'd be fine doing Dobbins in the second for Henry. But I, w- I would try and push for a first because I still think the value's there, especially if it's a contending team. Like, Dobbins does them nothing right now. So, like, look, I'm right. giving you a guy who's going to get you points, help you in the championship, and you're the first you're giving me is probably going to be the 12. So, like, it's not even really helping me out. At least that's how I'd sell it. But, yeah, I mean, if you could get the two – because that's the other thing, too. If it's a really good team – you could be looking at like pick 24, which I still think there will probably right. be somebody there, but it's going to be pretty late in that second round. Yep. All, All right. Man. Let's, uh, let's preview week 11 here. We're going to start with the three and seven Chicago bears at the four and six Atlanta Falcons and chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields are in for a beautiful matchup here against a bad Atlanta Falcons defense. How do you feel though? Are you starting 
Claypool, and Mooney this weekend? I don't, you know, I was burned by Claypool a little bit last week. Uh, I thought he would be a little bit more involved. It, it seems that I need to see more consistency out of that offense to see how it breaks down. I'm probably comfortable starting Mooney as a flex and Claypool in desperation, basically. Uh, it comes down to who your options are. What Because what's happened is Cole Komet has figured out how to scramble when Justin Fields scrambles. And that's really what's been happening. He's racking up touchdowns. He's not getting a ton of yardage. And I think the touchdowns will dry up at some point. But until they do, I mean, he's still getting like four catches a game, but he's not getting a ton of yardage, Komet, uh, that is. So I, I like where they're going, but they're still kind of a low 20s passing volume team. And I think with their ability to run on Atlanta, I don't see them passing uh, uh, even even against Atlanta, probably a 25 pass attempt game. So they have to be super efficient when you're making that kind of, uh, when you have that kind of passing volume. And some games they are, and some games they aren't. So I'm, comfortable, I'm more comfortable starting Mooney than I am Claypool. Yeah, I am actually 100% with you there on Mooney Claypool. Like, I do expect him to be good in this offense, but I'm still unfor- – I'm waiting to see it. I'm not trusting to put him in my lineup and then hoping he does it unless you're just really thin at options. Uh, but Atlanta is one of the worst teams against wide receivers, giving up a ton of points to wide receivers every single week. My, my biggest fear with both those guys going off is – We've seen how much Justin Fields has been rushing so far this year and him being on the turf in Atlanta, which is actually not necessarily a home game for the Bears, but Justin Fields is going back home, and I think he wants to put on a little bit of a show, not just for the family and friends that will be at the game, but maybe to show the Atlanta Falcons a little, like maybe you shouldn't have taken Kyle Pitts over me. I think Fields is in for a big game, and I'm with you. Mooney is the guy I'm starting because I do think Komet's the number two option. Those two have just shown this great chemistry over the past couple weeks. For the uh, Falcon side here, it's kind of been a mixed bag since the return of Cordero Patterson. Are you willing to start him or Tyler Algier this week against a decent Bears rush defense? I, I think the workload kind of balances out. Uh, I think... Uh, Patterson gets a little bit more of the pass game work. Algier, I think they're really comfortable. They like him for 10, 12, 14 carries. And we have seen him catch, you know, he's caught a 40-yard pass. What's up, Gator? Uh, he's, he's caught a 40-yard pass up, Gator? Um, a couple weeks ago. So Algier can catch the ball. You know, he's just not a guy that um, makes a lot of yardage on his own. He gets what's there, gets a little more. He's kind of a David Montgomery type of back, but maybe with a little better top-end speed. Um, so I, I like Algier, and I'm comfortable with him as a low-end flex. I think that Patterson is the one you start if you're looking for upside. I, I think there's some loyalty there by uh, Arthur Smith. He has a tendency to put Patterson in in the red zone. 
Yeah, it, it would be Patterson for me as well. I mean, Algier has not been bad. He's been averaging like between that eight and 11 points. Like he's not giving you those big, big weeks. So like, again, Stennis just mentioned, if you really need just like a safe option in your flex, if, if you feel like you've got a good matchup, and you're just trying to get points. I would feel good playing Algier, but Patterson's the one for me. He's more explosive in the run game. And obviously he has that receiving upside. I am picking the Bears to win this game, as is Matt Fox. Dennis, who are you taking? I'm taking the Bears as well. Let's go fighting Justin Fields. Let's go. All right. The next game might not happen, but we are going to talk about it like it is, and that is the Cleveland Browns, the 3-6 and six Cleveland Browns at the 6-3 and three Buffalo Bills. Uh, last I saw, they were, I believe, Buffalo were still stuck in Buffalo. They have not been able to fly out yet. There's been travel bans put all over the upper Northwest with the uh, massive snowstorm coming in. So obviously the main thing here is everybody stays safe. Uh, I, you know, probably have not been as bad as some of the North up North stuff, but last couple of years we've dealt with that down here in Texas. And obviously that can be very, very scary and everything going on there with losing power, Massive, massive snowstorm. So right now, I believe the game is expected to be played. They have not announced cancellation of it, but there was talks that that could happen. So be wary of that because while the Browns side, it's really just Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb you're worried about. The Bills side obviously has a ton of top players that you're going to be possibly without. But let's start with Amari Cooper going up against that Buffalo Bills secondary. If it is in Detroit, in the Dome, how do you feel about starting Cooper against the Bills? I think I'm good with starting Cooper. He, I know he disappears sometimes, but he's the guy in that offense. People's Jones is coming on, but Cooper's the one. Jones is the two. Um, and and I think uh, Kair Elam is trending towards being out. Um, I think Poyer is questionable still. Uh, so, and who the the linebacker uh, Edmonds is out. So. You know, it might it might be a David and Joku kind of game, but Milano will probably take him. But no, I'm I'm good with Cooper, especially in the dome. Um, you know, we got a couple weeks before the return of Deshaun Watson, and I think that uh, Brissett wants to put as much good tape out there as he can, because while he he doesn't mind, you know, being the backup, the the quarterback landscape across this league is questionable at best for about half of the teams. And he could likely uh, play his way into a starting opportunity next year. I I have no doubt as as crazy as this is to say, Jacoby Brissett's going to be another bridge somewhere next year. Um, And he's not one of the, like he's actually, I think a fairly good bridge quarterback. So would not be surprised with that. I'm with you on Cooper. I don't know that I'm starting in Joku this week. I know they said that he might play. I, I kind of want to see if he's fully healthy. I, I might give it one more week before I throw in Joku in my lineup, but he has been amazing this year. Obviously, you're starting Nick Chubb. You have to start Cooper. You you knew when you drafted him or traded for him or had him on your roster, he's going to give you these weeks. Now, maybe that changes when Watson comes back, but with Jacoby Brissett, you know he's going to have some bad weeks. How do we feel, though, about the Bills' backfield? Devin Singletary got two rushing touchdowns last week, the actual first two of his season, coming all the way in Week 10. Is he a guy that you're willing to start this week against a bad Cleveland Browns defense? Yeah, I, I think he's he's the back you want there right now. I know that Naheem Hines has a very similar skill set, um, but I kind of think, Hines is the replacement for Singletary. 
Singletary is going to be gone after this year. I think Hines kind of takes over him and James Cook uh, next year. But, you know, Shady McCoy just crushed in the snow. I think Devin Singletary would have been just fine because he's just shifty enough and he's small enough and those big lugs out there on that slippery snow. Uh, yeah, I, I would have, I, I was down for that, but I get safety, yada, 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 whatever. No, I, uh, I, I'm okay. I think Singletary is a low end RB2, high end RB3. Yeah, the matchup, I think, says you've got to play Singletary. Now, as you mentioned, he he has kind of become the guy. Um, maybe he turns it on in the back half of the season like he did last year. Uh, as much as I would love to take the Cleveland Browns, I am taking the Buffalo Bills, as is Matt Fox. What about you, and Dennis? Another clean sweep. This was terrible for us last week with all the clean yeah. sweeps. So fade the Bills is what we're telling you. The 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles at the 4-5-1 Indianapolis Colts. No Goddard. Are we expecting big days for A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith? Well, I think we've always expected big days from A.J. Brown. And Devonta Smith definitely has the ability to be consistently a big day guy. Um, you know, Jack Stoll is serviceable. They activated your boy Tyree Jackson. Um, they got Grant Calcaterra there, who's a good pass catching tight end. So I, I like, I, I think it helps Devontae Smith as far as being a little bit more of a priority. So I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good. I, I like Smith now more as a higher end wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside, maybe even wide receiver one flash in the pan kind of games. Uh, A.J. Brown's the, the one there, but Smith is definitely a great player. Yeah, I would expect uh, big games from both here against the Indianapolis defense with Goddard missing. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to ask this question because I feel like once we speak this into the ether, once this is out in the world, bad things are going to happen. But are we starting to believe, finally, 30 years later, in Paris Campbell at Indianapolis? Man, I think with Matt Ryan, you've got to. I, you know, they didn't have any issues with Ryan throwing 50 passes earlier in the season. Uh, Philly's got a stout, stout defense. And so I, I think that the Eagles are going to, or the Colts are going to be playing from behind. Um, I, I love Jonathan Taylor. He's going to get some work. Um but I think they're going to have to go with the the Pittman, Paris, Pierce trio to try to get some stuff done. Yeah, I, I mean, he's been phenomenal this year, much to my chagrin, because I thought Alec Pierce was going to have a, a big year, and I feel like Campbell is eating into that a little bit. But shout out to him. I mean, he always looked good in those first couple games and unfortunately would suffer some kind of injury. He's finally staying healthy. He looks like he's putting it all together. I really hope. Loved him coming out of Ohio State as just this weapon that Urban Meyer used. I know you did as well. So it is cool to see him kind of, it seems like, finally putting it together. Even though the Eagles lost last week, I am picking them to win this week. I just think they're the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, Matt Fox is taking the Eagles as well. I'm taking them to bounce back also. The 6-3 and three New York Jets at the 5-4 and four New England Patriots. How are we feeling about Michael Carter and James Robinson in this Jets backfield against the Patriots? I'm a little bit wary. Um, 
you know, my, my note I wrote to myself actually says, meh, you know, is, is it possible that one of them could bust a couple plays, put up some big yards, maybe a touchdown, uh, catch a couple passes, do something good? It's possible, but the, the Patriots defense, like I play in one league, uh, that has a no two leagues that have team defenses, and by and large, I've had the Patriots in both of them. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of a set it and forget it kind of team defense. They play, they play teams good. Bill always has good plans. Uh, sometimes he gets beat. It's just the nature of the game. But he does a. a a good job setting his defense up to be successful. And if you can get pressure on Zach Wilson, he gets rattled. He's getting better, but still, if he's, if it's, you know, he's got, if he's in a lot of traffic trying to throw, he gets a little squirrely and doesn't always throw them where they're supposed to go. So uh, I think with, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to try not to start either one of them. Now what I'm going to hope for is that Michael Carter goes off and the one share of him I have on a rebuild, I can finally get rid of. Yeah, I, I am with you. I, I would say I'd probably play Carter if I had to pick one of the two, but I do feel like the Patriots are going to shut down that run game and tell Zach Wilson to beat them. So I don't expect big days from Carter or Robinson. What's going on, Brian? Um, hey, since you're here, I'll just tell you really quick. Tuesday. You know what I'm talking about. It'll be there Tuesday. Uh, for the Patriots side of things, Ramondre Stevenson is RB10 on the season. He is a must start, but what about Damian Harris? I, I don't know that uh, Harris is a start yet. And you're certainly... You know, we look back over Bill Belichick's 20-plus year career as a head coach, and Ramondre Stevenson looks great, and you're going to put him in your lineup. But you know, at any given game, Damian Harris could get 25 carries. It, it just – so, I mean, Harris was having – a he had a good season last year, and he was playing well this year. I think when he gets a chance to go somewhere next year, maybe he, you know, gets an opportunity to be the starter. But I, I'm has I, I'm gonna, you know, Ramondre's the guy that I'm gonna start there. Stevenson, I, I just don't trust it, and I'll end up missing that because it's like throwing darts. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm perfectly fine starting Stevenson. Um, I think he's gonna be the guy. I know Harris is coming back, but. With the way that this team has been playing the past couple of weeks, especially with Ramondre Stevenson being the guy, I don't know that Belichick will switch. I mean, we talk about this team being a running back by committee for like the past three or four years, but I think a lot of that has been because they really haven't had a guy who's been able to do everything. Well, I don't think Ramondre Stevenson is an elite back. Like He's shown he's been very good for this offense, and he can do everything. I don't know that Harris gets this job back or even is necessarily a big part of the rotation until he is fully healthy, um, which I do think kind of sucks. I like Damian Harris, so I think he is a very good running back. I am taking, oh, man, I'm going to take the Patriots. I think the Jets are a little out over their skis here. I went Patriots as well. 
Matt Fox took the Jets. Brian Ricks is asking Jamal Williams, Donta Foreman, Brian Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco, or Ezekiel Elliott. Brian, before I answer that, do you only start one or how many do you need? Because that will possibly change my answer. While you're answering that, we will talk about the three and six Los Angeles Rams at the three and seven New Orleans Saints. Dennis, what are we doing with the wide receivers here on the Rams? Are we trusting anybody now that Matt Stafford's best friend, Cooper Cup, is out? Football fans, so the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. I mean, don't they have to get Allen Robinson more involved? No, they don't. You would think they would have done that for 10 weeks, so I don't think they have to. Isn't that the requirement? You know, I, I... the thing is, is I feel like he's going to get a significant target bump. He's going to be in the 10 target range. But the efficiency has been so bad that he's probably going to catch four passes. Uh, and then Van Jefferson is going to step up and, and be the guy that makes stuff happen. Uh, ben Skoranek is going to catch a couple swing passes. It's I'm not, you know, I'm not scared per se. Because I think Robinson and Jefferson and Skoranek are probably as good as a lot of wide receiver cores that Stafford played with in Detroit. So I think he can make stuff happen. Uh, I'm curious. I'm going to try to, while we're still talking about him, take a look and see what what the Saints uh, do against the run. Because wouldn't it be crazy if, uh, Cam Akers comes out and carries the ball 20 times. Possibly. I think it would be a little crazy. Maybe not. They seem to be, have kind of fixed their relationship. Um, I think, I don't know. Robinson, I'm sure will be fine. I think they're going to try and mix in, as you mentioned, Ben Skoranek. Like, I think you're starting Robinson. I would not feel great about it. Uh, This Rams team has just looked bad all season. On the Saints side, um, how do we feel about Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave? I think both are going to be very good uh, this week against the Rams. Uh, Chris Olave has just been probably, you could argue, the best rookie wide receiver. And I think Alvin Kamara is going to uh, be perfectly fine, whether that's running the ball or catching passes out of the backfield. How do you feel about Kamara and Olave? Well, they got Jarvis back in the short area. Jawan Johnson has been taking up that space pretty well also. Um, Olave's having a fantastic year. Uh, I think he's going to he, – he looks like he might get a lot of uh, – uh, oh, who's number five again? Name just slipped me. 
Oh, loudmouth cornerback. I he used to play for Jacksonville. Oh, what's his name? Oh. And Jalen Ramsey. Oh, gotcha. man, getting old is rough. I feel like he's going to get a lot of Jalen Ramsey, who's a big cornerback and has the ability to bully him. So he's going to have to create separation without getting grabbed and touched. Uh, if if he can keep uh, Ramsey off of him. I think that the opportunity is there for Olave to have a fantastic day. Um, but if he keeps getting thrown off his path, gets knocked down, you know, inside the five-yard area, whatnot, and starts to have that kind of trouble with the, the big defensive backs uh, of, of the Rams, then I think it, it could be a little more challenging. I think he's going to get his to an extent. I'm comfortable starting him. I feel like he's – pretty much a shoe in for a top 24 uh, with top 12 upside. Uh, but if he finishes wide receiver 18, it would not surprise me. Yeah. Uh, I am taking the, uh, I guess the saints. I'll take the saints. I'm going to go with the fighting Matt Stafford's. Matt Fox is taking the saints as well. Back to Brian's question. I need to start one but might have to start another for Paris with Paris, or Paris Campbell if the Buffalo game is canceled. I'm definitely starting Paris Campbell uh, over most of those running backs. So my thing with them is Zeke's eliminated for me, and probably so is Foreman. Even though he's been good, he's getting Baltimore. I'm not starting either one of those guys. So then it comes down to Jamal, B-Rob, and Pacheco. Jamal and B-Rob both have amazing matchups. My big fear with B-Rob is he's still splitting time with Antonio Gibson, and I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are getting a lot of work. So I kind of want to lean Jamal or Pacheco, which is crazy to say. And the only reason I'm saying Pacheco is Kansas City. I forgot who they're playing here now. It just jumped out of my head. The Chargers, I'm sorry, who are the worst defense against the run. And while I know Pacheco has not been getting a ton of carries, he's looked a little bit better every single week. Jamal still has Swift. I personally am going Pacheco for the upside. I think this is going to be a breakout game for Pacheco against the Chargers. With all the injuries that the Chiefs have, I think they're going to lean on that run game, and I do think Pacheco is going to have a big game today. But I don't blame you if you want to go Jamal for the safer upside with Detroit. They'll have they'll be in a big game here as well. Swift has kind of been in and out of the lineup dealing with injuries. Jamal's done decent covering for him. Like he had a couple big games, but he's really kind of come back to earth a little bit as well. Dennis, who would you start out of those four? I like Brian Robinson. I, I think Robinson and Gibson both. I mean, are the Chargers really worse than Houston when it comes to run defense? They are. They actually are. Because I mean, Houston. Houston, if yeah. there if there's been a set it and forget it running back versus defense all year, it's been Houston, and so I I think both Gibson and Robinson are going to eat up Houston's defense. Uh, but I I mean I I'm just a little so my my issue with Pacheco is that he's not he doesn't he he's still sharing that backfield, and while I get that the the uh, Chargers are weak against the run. Andy Reid, I just don't know that he's got it in him to commit to the run, even against a poor run defense. Even with Hardman out, 
and uh, uh, who else is out? Smith Schuster. I feel like yeah. he's going to want to show off his new toy, Kadarius Tony, um, and it's going to be Tony and MBS and Travis Kelsey and Jarek McKinnon, and um, it feels like an eighteen for sixty-eight game for Pacheco. So I, I would probably go Robinson. So. Houston has fallen to the last team with me looking at this now because of the last week's game. They were fairly close until Houston allowed 200 and let me make sure I'm looking at this or in the last three, Houston has allowed 216 yards on the ground and the charge have only allowed 190, which has actually moved them up to the 30th worst team against the run. Detroit is now the 31st because they allowed one or 258 and then Houston has dropped down to 32. But I, I I'm in for Pacheco, but hey, like I don't I don't hate the B Rob thing. I just I don't know that I want to start two guys there. But you are right, Pacheco has been been splitting the ball a little bit as well with McKinnon. Ceh is kind of falling to the side, so it's really just between him and McKinnon. The Detroit Lions, who we were just talking about, get the New York Giants this week. And as we were just talking about with Jamal Williams and and possibly Brian starting him, do you think he is the better play over DeAndre Swift this week? I think right now, until they show they're willing to give Smith or Swift the uh, volume, uh, you kind of have to go with Jamal Williams. I mean, they put it, he's the red zone back. He's the lead back. He's the starter. Um, he, he's getting the volume and he's getting the snaps. And as much as I love DeAndre Swift, uh, it, they're treating him like he's glass right now because I guess, frankly, he kind of has been. Yeah, I'm with you. He uh, until they show that they're going to give Swift the ball more, I think Jamal Williams has to be the guy. With the injuries and everything going on with the Giants right now, is there a single pass catcher you feel good about playing this week? Man, I'm so back in on Darius Slayton. It ain't even funny, man. Dude, you're he he is my class like him and Marquez Valdez Gantling, these Three targets, 79 yards. Hell, I might even add Christian Watson in it after the last couple games. But he did have a lot of targets yesterday. I mean, Slayton is just – you know, he's that guy that that everybody's like, man, you're just not quite good enough. We appreciate the effort you put in. And he's like, no, I'm just going to hang around here and see what what happens. And I was like, dude, we need you. I I think Wandale is the Sterling Shepard. Kenny Galladay, man, they should just cut him. I get, I get, you're gonna owe him a bunch of money, but man, dude is taking up space. Go sign somebody that just got drafted by the XFL and give that get give him Galladay's spot. He's gonna work much harder than Galladay. But yeah, Darius Slayton is just he he's the he's the kind of upside flex play I dig. So when I'm like, man, I'm desperate for points. I need a hail mary home run. Uh, Darius Slayton's my guy. Yeah, Slayton had a big game earlier this year, too. I'm taking a shot on somebody. I'm going to call my shot right now. This is a kid I loved coming out of college, out of Oregon State. I thought he had some of the most incredible hands coming out. Ended up getting six-round draft capital. I was just shocked that he didn't. It's good he not, did not test well. Isaiah Hodgins got drafted by the Buffalo Bills. He just got called up to the Giants with the injuries to Wandale and, and uh, Kenny Galladay not playing again. I think Hodgins could have a sneaky good game here today. That being said, I'm taking the Giants, as is Matt Fox. I'm taking the Giants as well. 
the three and seven Carolina Panthers at the six and three Baltimore Ravens. Baker Mayfield is back, but does that matter for this offense? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have some games that he pops, that he's exciting, that he pulls out and he wins. And then he's gonna have these train wreck games that you know just are a nightmare and he's He's making terrible decisions and and not executing. Um, I, and they're going against Baltimore, who's despite their defensive backfield injury woes, is still a real good team. And you know, I feel like Baker's going to do the number one priority of the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, and that's get DJ Moore the ball. Um, and uh, Foreman and Hubbard are going to run the ball, but they just don't have they just don't have enough weapons. Um, and Baker just isn't a guy that can put a team on his back and, and carry them. Yeah, I uh, I hope that you're right about DJ Moore, but I am not necessarily believing in that. I actually sat him for Isaiah Pacheco in the one league I have more because I just he has not looked good with Baker at all. I hope I'm wrong on that, but he has not looked good. How do we feel about Devin Duvernay and Isaiah Likely for the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, likely is dependent upon whether or not Mark Andrews plays because um, when when Andrews is out. They like to lose, use a lot of uh, Jake Oliver at the other tight end spot. Uh, likely is a great play. I think he's got a good future. Um, he definitely has the potential to become a top-tier tight end in the NFL. Uh, if Andrews is healthy, though, you know, he's the guy there. And Devin DuVernay is stepping up and taking the role that we all had hoped uh, Rashad Bateman would take. So I, I think they get Gus uh, Edwards back this week as well, and that's going to bode well for the running game. Um, you know, DuVernay's flexible, a flex-worthy play. Um, likely, depends on whether or not Mark Andrews plays. If Andrews plays, likely should be on your bench. Yeah, if, if Andrews is in, I'm sitting likely, and I'm probably sitting DuVernay too. I mean, best ball doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about sitting people. They'll only go in when they're good. But Duvernay feels like that perfect best ball guy because he's going to get you – like he's going to win you some weeks. I just don't trust to put him in a flex spot. I feel like you could probably go get it, a guy we just talked about, Darius Slayton off the waiver wire. I'd much rather play Slayton over Devin Duvernay at, at this point. Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens. I don't know why I was thinking about that for a minute, uh, as is Matt Fox. It's a clean sweep. The five and five Washington Commanders at the one seven and one Houston Texans. We were just talking about this backfield with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Dennis, you feel good starting both of them? I feel better starting Robinson, I think. Um, but Gibson is clearly the one with the juice, and they're still comfortable using him. And, uh, you know, I think they both have good games. Gibson's the better pass catcher, but when they're grinding it, they're grinding it with Robinson. So it feels like a game where at halftime, you know, Gibson has five targets and seven or eight carries, and Robinson has eight or nine carries. Sorry for my garage door going up. 
And uh, in the second half, Robinson ends up with like 20 carries and, and uh, Gibson has like 12 carries and six targets. So it ends up being a, a, a pretty good split, pretty even split, but it falls on um, Robinson to do the grinding. So I, th- I think you play Robinson for the floor and Gibson for the ceiling. Yeah, I, I if I had to pick one of the two, I'm starting Robinson. I think he'll probably get the red zone touches, which is kind of all I care about. Is if he gets you a couple touchdowns, he makes your fantasy day right there. You're not expecting him to be an RB one. Any interest in taking a shot on Nico Collins this week? We talked about if you possibly need some wide receivers to plug in and a Darius Slayton, Devin Duvernay. How do you feel about Nico Collins being put in that group? You know, he seems to be making a push for. Brandon Cook's volume and Cook's has been inconsistent this year and Nico has been inconsistent. He's, he came back off missing a couple games and has, uh, he had what a, a four for 10 or five for 10 game last week. So it wasn't very efficient, but I think he's starting to, to come into his own a little bit. I mean, we've been playing fantasy a long time when we started playing fantasy Nico Collins is on the trajectory we expected virtually yeah. all wide receivers to do. Yeah, kind of an iffy rookie year. You're not really going to play him. Second season, you might throw him in a few games here or there because they pop off a little bit. They may get you something. Third season, hey, now they're the starter. They're getting volume. They're breaking out. They, they're a top 50 wide receiver, top 30 wide receiver. So Collins is kind of following that old trajectory. So it'll be interesting to see what the Texans do in the offseason and how they position Collins on their team. I think he's a dart throw, though. So if I have a better option, I'm going to start somebody else. Yeah, I'm like, you know, just going back to the Darius Slayton train here. Darius Slayton's on the way where I'm starting him over Nico Collins. But I will say, Nico Collins is very intrigued in seeing the fact that Bryce Young will be the starter next year. And I think Nico Collins could be very good once that happens. Um, on the, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the commanders. I know Houston's going to get another win at some point, but I don't know that it's going to be here. Yeah. It, 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 at some point you gotta pick them, but like, I, I'm going to miss the, their second win. I just am. It's yeah. just the way it is. I, I'm taking the commanders too. As is Matt Fox, the two and seven Las Vegas Raiders at the three and six Denver Broncos. What is up? with Josh Jacobs. I don't know really the basis for for this. I mean, he's still getting volume and he's starting to catch even more passes. He hasn't been super efficient in the running game the past couple weeks, but he's still getting the touches. Um, He got a touchdown. I, I think that it really comes down to the Raiders are, are trying not to be too good. They want to improve their draft stock. Um, they've already been cleaning house of the Mayock, Gruden, upper echelon draft picks. They want to get rid of those guys. They want to bring their own guys in and rebuild. McDaniels may be an awful, awful head coach, but I don't think he's really, you know, he went into, 
Denver and drafted Tebow, which who knows why that didn't work out. But I think he needs – I need he's in a position where he's going to be given some time, I think, a couple of years anyways, to try to put together players that he wants to play his system. And I, I get Jared Stidham isn't a savior, but he needs to get some guys in there to teach his offense to the other players. It's going to be fine. I, I don't think uh, I don't think Jacobs is back next year. I, I think he's got he's a low end RB one, high end RB two, and you stick him in your lineup. Yeah, I think you've got to play him. I'm expecting more of like the RB two kind of day for him here against Denver. I mean, he's getting the volume, which is kind of what you want in fantasy. As for the good or bad coach of McDaniels, I think it's fair to say he's a bad coach at this point. Like, my goodness. I mean, he tore down a good Denver team. And say what you want about what's going on with the Raiders this year. All three of us said that we felt Rick – was it, is it – I forgot how to say his last name. Basaccia. Basaccia should have gotten another shot with how good he had his Raiders team, including getting them to the playoffs after everything that happened last year with Henry Ruggs, all the stuff with John Gruden, turns that team around without Devontae Adams, mind you, and all the other injuries they had, gets them into the playoffs, and, and they were even competitive in that playoff game. Then gets canned for Josh McDaniels, who comes in here, and now the team is 2-7? and 2-7. Seven? Two and seven. So, yeah, I, I think I'm out on Josh McDaniels being a good coach. There's a, there's something, like, I'm not going to say anything about him as an offensive coordinator. I do think he is good at that. But clearly we've seen some guys are just not good head coaches and they're good coordinators, and I think Josh McDaniels proving he is not a good head coach. Is it Cortland Sutton, Greg Dolchich, or both for Denver right now? You know, the, the Raiders give up the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. So I'm definitely looking to start Greg Dolchich. Uh, I think he's he's come on and played well. For the life of me, I guess I'll, I'll just never understand what happened with Albert O or what happened hey, I, with Noah Fant. I mean, yeah. they seem to play good. And, you know, just they just weren't the guy. I mean, they said something awful in the locker room, apparently. Um, no, I think Dolchich is, is good. You know, I especially like Sutton because uh, Judy's out again this week. So he's gonna he's the top dog there. But I, my expectations for his output are tempered because Russ has just been terrible. Yeah, I mean, you would think Sutton's going to get the ball now that Judy's out, but we don't know for sure. Russ has just seemed to not really want to get Sutton the ball at times. Uh, I, I tried to tell you guys Alberto wasn't going to be a thing. I, I don't know. I think Matt even said – Matt Fox said the same thing, the Denver guy. Fans, I think, was there was never a good quarterback here, unfortunately. He never had a, a Russell Wilson to kind of help him get to this point. I am going to take the Broncos to pull out a – 17 to 7 victory. I think it's going to be a really bad game here. Well, Matt's taking the Broncos also. Surprise. Uh, but I'm going to go the Raiders. The 6 and 3 Dallas Cowboys are at the 8 and 1 Minnesota Vikings. Zeke is tracking to return. What do you expect to happen in this backfield with him and Pollard this week? I expect Zeke to grind and Pollard to pop. I mean, that's that's what they did before Zeke's injury. 
and Pollard looked great, but Jerry Jones is going to stick his finger in the pie and he's going to make sure Zeke gets played. Um, Zeke has a role. He is the Brian Robinson now. He's the grinder. He's going to go in. He's Jamal Williams. He's not going to be terribly efficient anymore, but when you need a yard, he's going to get you a yard. And oftentimes that yard ends in the end zone. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's like a 16, 17 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown for Zeke. And then Pollard has, you know, six catches and 12 carries with 100 combined yards and a touchdown or two. So that, that's the role they play in that offense. That's what they provide now. I think yeah. Zeke is a low-end RB2, and you, you play him as such. I'm playing Pollard. I think he's just got the more explosive upside. I think at this point with Zeke, you're, you're hoping for touchdowns. I mean, he's definitely probably going to get a decent amount of carries and some yards, but I think best case scenario, you're hoping for like 60 yards and a touchdown. I, I'm not uh, – Pollard has been amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to find ways to continue to get him the ball, especially because they are in the thick of the playoff race. Do we have any concerns about the Vikings players against this very good Cowboys defense? So. Dallas's defense is number two on the season overall, um, but they're number eight over the last five weeks. So they've definitely been crumbling uh, the last few weeks. They've got some good playmakers. And I think the Trevon Diggs, Jamar, uh, not Jamar, Justin Jefferson matchup is, is one. I, you know, it's, it's popcorn viewing. You sit down and, and you watch every single snap of that. Um, but <laughs> Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and Adam Thielen, uh, it's as much as I want to pull for the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Vikings are no slouch. They're what? They're eight and one on the season and, uh, you know, number two in the NFC. So I, I like Dallas's defense. And it'll all come down to can Micah Parsons and company get to Kirk Cousins um, and throw him off his game. If, if Cousins has time, it, it, it could be a long day for Dallas. Uh, I think Dallas gets home. Though. Yeah, I'm not worried about him at all. Main thing being they're playing in the afternoon. They're not playing in a primetime game. So Kirk Cousins is going to be just fine. I'm starting Jefferson and uh, Dalvin Cook as well. Probably and Hawkinson, but I'm I'm fading Thielen and I mean KJ Osborne has not done anything. I'm actually taking the Vikings to win this game. Yeah, I'm gonna side with Matt and take the Cowboys. The five and four Cincinnati Bengals at the three and six Pittsburgh Steelers. Are you playing all three of Higgins, Boyd, and Hayden Hurst against the Steelers defense? Steelers are bottom third versus tight ends in uh, fantasy points, giving up just 5.8 fantasy points per game. So uh, I'm cool on uh, Hayden Hurst. I mean, chances are you, you're starting start him. He's going to get you points, uh, but the Steelers are good against the tight end. However, they give up the fourth most yards. Uh, and most touchdowns to wide receivers. So I am uh, definitely starting Jamar Chase, uh, T, uh, not Chase, T Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd. Man, Boyd with Boyd has stepped up so good with uh, with Chase out, man. 
Dude looks phenomenal. Um, plays his part well. I think Higgins and Boyd both have good games. Yeah, I, I am with you on Higgins and Boyd. For the Steelers side here, how do we feel about starting Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Najee Harris? You know, I mean, Pickett just he, – he needs to be more consistent. Um, and I'm not sure how consistent he can be behind that line. The line is playing better, but you've still got a rookie quarterback, a running game that – their star doesn't seem to be producing as well as their backup uh, where we heard that story before um, Cincinnati is bottom five in yards and touchdowns versus wide receivers. So it's going to be a tough matchup for the Steelers all around for as much crap as Eli Apple has gotten over the years. He's actually turned into a decent quarter cornerback. Um, you know, and Bates and, and the rest of that defensive backfield play tough. I, I think that there's going to be uh, there's going to be some shots taken, but it'll be it's, it's going to be tough. I definitely like the Cincinnati offense better than the Steelers offense. Yeah, yeah, I am 100% with you there. I think I'm starting Najee, but I'm lowering expectations on him a little bit. I don't know what to do with Johnson and Pickens. I mean, you're starting Deontay because chances are you don't have a better option. Pickens, I'm just not sure about. Maybe now with Claypool gone, they're coming off the bye week, so maybe he's in for a big game here. But I think he's another one of those guys we talked about earlier exactly with Chase Claypool. And Like, I want to see it first before I'm willing to put him in my lineup. I am taking the Bengals, as is Matt Fox. Clean sweep. The Sunday night game, the 7-2 and two Kansas City Chiefs at the 5-4 and four Los Angeles Chargers. Is there anyone you're willing to start aside from Kelsey and Mahomes in the Chiefs game, or for the Chiefs? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to start uh, Kadarius Toney. I think Andy Reid wants to show people just how smart he is. That's why I have reservations about uh, Isaiah Pacheco is Andy Reid wants to put Tony in positions to be exciting and explosive and have people say Tyreek who, and that's what he's got in Kadarius Tony. So I, I am rolling Tony out there if I got him. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine starting Tony too, although I don't know that he's going to be as good as he was last week. We will definitely find out. I'm still starting Pacheco. Again, Chargers are one of the worst teams against the run. The Chiefs are missing all their weapons besides uh, Kelsey and Tony. And this Chargers secondary is still fairly good. But again, the weakness of this team is that rushing attack. I think Pacheco could be in for a really big game here. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have both been seen practicing all week. If we see, if, if we're both are announced to play in this game, are you willing to start both of them? Well, hopefully I don't have both of them on the same team because I'm definitely going to sit one of them if that's the case, and that's a tough choice to make. You know, I, I looked, at, I saw a couple clips on Twitter, and they look like they're moving well. They they didn't look like they were kind of gimpy or anything. So, you know, if the team says they're good to go, and they were very conservative, I think, with both players, um, you know, they let – Allen come back, and when he tweaked it, they pulled him. They put him out for a few more games. So I think if you, you do start him, you're nervous. You, you're going to be sweating it because you, you just don't know what's going to happen. 
but I think you probably don't have a ton of better options. Yeah, I'm willing to start Mike Williams. I'm hoping that if you're in the playoff hunt at this point and you have Keenan Allen, you have a better option. I want to see it. Um, I would equate this much to as Dennis will, will know. JSN with the Buckeyes, we've seen that these hamstring injuries are just hard to come back from. He already tweaked it once. You know, he's continued to say he's close to 100%. Like, I don't know that I want to put him back in my lineup and then get the, like, four points from him he got earlier this year before he gets pulled out again. I think I'd rather just play a, a Darius. Dar- go get Darius Slayton and play him if you can, and let's see if Keenan Allen can make it through the game healthy. I'm going to take the upset and pick the Chargers at home to win this game. Got to go with your boy, do you? 100%. Chiefs with Matt. The Monday night football game, the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. Dennis, how do you feel about the McCaffrey-Elijah Mitchell backfield split? No, I think CMC is the 1A and will, going forward, will be the guy. They're going to – I think in games when – there's no doubt about the outcome. I think we're going to see more Mitchell because Mitchell's good. And why waste CMC? I think Kyle Shanahan's like, I've got this really, really nice car, but when I run it a lot, you know, it, I need to stop and tighten up all the bolts. And so I'm going to run it a lot when I have to run it a lot. But the rest of the time, I'm going to kind of, sh- I'll drive my truck once in a while. And that's Elijah Mitchell. So I, I don't have any concerns about McCaffrey. He can produce in the running and the passing game a lot of points. I think there's room for both of them. We've seen several teams around the league have two productive running backs. It does limit the upside. I do think that, um, you know, those 40-point games are going to be more rare, almost non-existent, than that you see maybe with some single-back backfields. But – I. I think they're going to be fine, and, and CMC is going to get the bulk. Yeah, I, I mean, if you've got McCaffrey and and it, if you have one of them on your roster, I'm fine starting both because I think both are going to get enough work here. I I'm with you though. I think McCaffrey, you just you have to say goodbye to those 30, 40 point games. Like it just is what it is. I hate to put it to you, Kyle Shanahan doesn't care about our fantasy teams. He is, I think, 100% saving Christian McCaffrey for the playoffs. They are trying to win a Super Bowl. Now, McCaffrey, I think, has the better shot of having bigger boom games than Elijah Mitchell because of what he can do as a receiver, and I think he's just a more dynamic runner. But I think both of them are going to get enough work to be salvageable in your fantasy lineups. Do you think James Conner is a good play this week against the 49ers? Man, he's going to be in for a fight. I think getting rid of Eno Benjamin sort of solidifies what his role is. They they like Keontae Ingram, and they're going to use him. I don't know if Daryl Williams is back yet or not. Um, But San Francisco gives up the fewest yards rushing in the NFL. It's going to be a challenging game for him. Um, They're – the, the Niners are middle of the pack versus the passing game to running backs. So Ingram may be a little bit more useful in this game. But if San Francisco or if uh, Arizona can get down to the goal line, there's the opportunity there that Connor hammers one or two touchdowns in and, uh, you know, gives you a good game. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for just like a flex worthy game out of him at, at this point. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray still may be out. 
I'm not expecting a big game. I think San Francisco cruises to a victory here. So I just, just hope that he falls into the end zone a couple times for Connor. Yeah, it's going to be a clean sweep with that. All right, so that will do it for us today. Matt and Dennis will be back on Monday to recap the Week 11 actions. We're getting closer and closer to this regular season ending and getting closer to our fantasy playoffs. Before we get out of here, though, Dennis, what should everybody go do? Go give us a download. Leave us a review. Hit that five-star button. Subscribe. We love that stuff. We should probably do a holiday giveaway to somebody that leaves a review. Yeah. Somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we'll do that. We could announce that. I don't know if we're, we haven't even discussed. We're going to discuss live. We may be recording next Friday. And we haven't even talked about this yet. So, we're regardless, we'll have a podcast out on Friday next week. I don't know what day it may be. It may not be live. It may be recorded, but all three of us will be here. So, we'll announce some kind of giveaway next week. So, we can talk about that over the weekend. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. See ya. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump at me. Golly! Only tackle in the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can.